welcome to the very first episode of Blue and Gray, where I talk about the blue and green moments from a girl in her 20s, so happened to be a post-grad perspective. I am your host, Cindy, and today we are going to talk about me, my status as a post-grad, and how I feel like I'm circling the dream, and how I'm going to navigate that from this point and on. Yeah, but... I just wanted to mention the incident of an Asian hate crime uh, that happened yesterday. Today is March 17th, and that incident happened yesterday on March 16th, where eight people were shot in Atlanta, and six of them so happened to be Asian. And I just wanted to say that it's disheartening to hear how the Asian hate crimes are just exponentially rising, and how can you just wake up and be like, I don't like how that person looks because they're Asian, and I'm gonna go kill them, or I'm gonna beat them up. I don't know. It gets my blood boiling. I came like waking up with a heavy heart and racism towards Asian American and of course Asian around the world is real and has been happening for a long, long time. It just has to be stopped. I I don't know what else to say. I with a heavy heart. My condolences goes out to the family of the victims and so many more over this past year of just incidents after incident of Asian hate crimes stop the Asian hate. But on a lighter note, we're gonna get back to this episode, and this episode is about me, um, how I feel about postgrad. So being a postgrad for almost nine months already has been eye-opening, yet anxiety-ridden and worrisome. First of all, I'm a postgrad in a pandemic. Postgrad is already hard without the pandemic imagining imagine being trapped in your house with the same expectation to move and grow every day and look for jobs as if they're hiring as the world without a pandemic i don't get it at all postgrad depression is real postgrad anxiety is real i know it I have it. I'll get onto another episode with it, but for now, I am specifically talking how I came to this point and how I'm recognizing that I'm circling the drain. So, coming to the idea of circling the drain, I realized that the past nine months, I have been working on myself in a way that has given me the headspace to even think about doing the next thing. And that's great. I started this podcast. I applied to the mall for a part-time job that my family all hate. I started crocheting and I hope I can, you know, sell them. I'm still doing YouTube. I'm not giving that up. I am continuously doing TikTok and I feel like I'm doing a bit of everything, but yet I'm not satisfied because I feel like I should be doing more. I should be researching and doing a lot more than what I'm doing currently. But at the same time, how far I've come within the nine months of being a postgrad has been a really big part of my life where I am actively going to my therapy session I'm actively taking my meds every day. The transition of me even accepting that I needed medication for my anxiety, for my depression, has been a whole journey on its own, and I'll get into an episode of anxiety and depression, but I am here. I'm still 
breathing, I am still existing, and it's great that I get to keep pushing myself every day. So part of me wanted to do this episode because I wanted to talk about how when you circle the drain, you kind of have to go back. And the step back that I took is getting a part-time job. I actually never had a part-time job anywhere besides what's quote-unquote school-related. And by no means, like, like, I didn't like any part-time job, but it's just, like, the opportunity has never been presented, nor did I seek it. So I just so happened just to do things that are related to academics or organizations I was part of or the classes I need, like, anything that's, like, related to school, I would take on the job. But I never seeked my way out of, like, the norm to get a job. So... After nine months of applying and being rejected, applying and being rejected, most post-grad deal with this. Most people looking for a job deals with this. And I want to say, like, it's normal to be rejected. It's normal to not even hear back. Recently, I got rejected from, like, a company that I looked up to so much. But I'm glad I got the interview and I'm going to continue to work on myself and better myself if I decide to apply again. But other than that, I wanted to say that my decision of coming and getting a part-time job at the mall isn't for the money. It's it's not anything related to a degree that I'm aiming for. It's nothing related to any orgs that I'm in or like it's a full-time job that's paying me like, you know, six figs or anything. Literally, it's a minimum wage job part-time at the mall. Still haven't received any hours yet because they're still looking to hire one more person, but other than that, I applied to a K-pop store. The reason being is I just wanted to get out the house. I want to get out the house. I want to breathe. I want to be able to talk to people. I want to be able to learn that. The soft skills like customer service. I have never worked in customer service, I would say like directly for the longest time. And the last time I worked was when I was still in college, you know. But now I developed this anxiety towards talking to new people and even talking to my manager. Like I was scared, but it all went well and I got the job. And me being so excited that I get to stand in a store that plays BTS all around and you know, like seeing all the K-pop merchandise and just everything around me that I love, like really love, made me so content. And I was like, wow, this is such a nice like environment to just stand in and just breathe. So that's why I knew that I need to do this for myself to be able to, to challenge my social anxiety and my anxiety in general to just work. Coming home from the mall and telling my family that I got the job, they weren't happy. Maybe because it's my expectation that they should be happy that I get that I got a job, but their reaction was like repulsive that I got a job in the mall. My parents were so against it because they were like, "You studied four years in college." You got a health science degree and now you're going to become a salesman? What's wrong with being a salesman? 
what's wrong with me getting a part-time job at the mall? Just because it is not labeled as a doctor, it's not labeled as I'm a part-time or volunteering at the hospital or doing something that is quote-unquote real and that will have you brag about what your kid works in. I don't get it. I don't understand what was so bad. It's not like I went out and I did some illegal things, got the job, got the money. I am working. I got a job so I can breathe. I got a job so I can go out and be in an environment where I feel okay in. It's not like I got a full-time job there. I got a part-time job where I think I'm getting maximum like a week 14 hours. Like it's not even a lot. And I feel like they think that I am going to give up on all my goals and continue and just work at the mall for the rest of my life. And there's nothing wrong with that. A job is a job. I don't understand them. I will never do. And same goes to them. They will never understand me. And it sucks. Having this like separation between me and my parents and me and my family it actually sucks. Like, my beliefs are so different from them because I got exposed to the four years that I went to college and got to move away from home and then moving back home has taught me that my family and I are so different. Like, I can't agree with half the things they say or and more than half the things that they trigger me. And I just, I don't know. I am literally ranting right now, but this is the first ever episode and the first time I'm ever recording a podcast so thank you for bearing with me I'm trying to I'm gonna try to keep this very short like 30 minutes but honestly I wanted to say that most Asian most traditional Asian families they care about that reputation they care about where their kids go they care about all these things that I know they want the best for you I know the intention is good but honestly Have they ever sat down and asked their kids, how are they feeling? I doubt the fact that my parents know about me going to therapy every week to try to stay sane living with them. Me taking meds because it's not that I can't sleep at night, it's that because I'm crippling with anxiety. Me not waking up early in the morning because I couldn't sleep at night. So of course I'm going to wake up at 11, 12, and I can't even get out of bed at times but now i'm glad that i stuck through with therapy and stuck through with all that that i could actually face them a little better and i was just trying to advocate for myself to just work but how they made me feel is that i am an embarrassment to them that i work at the mall because that sucks that is so hurtful to hear that I am an embarrassment and people you know my friends say that you can choose not to feel like that but you know they raised me in a certain way that I can't not feel for that I love my parents I love my family I would say they did a really good job at keeping that family oriented quality but honestly that way of like they know more because they've experienced life before me and they're older than me their time is not my time their time is not even this time and they always say try walking in my shoes try try understanding our lives we had it so much harder but then they don't look at us they don't look at me and they don't try to be like oh let me try to feel how cindy is feeling i i don't know 
I think that's how they believe and I can't force them to understand me. Everybody has their own window to look out of and unfortunately my window doesn't align with their window so they're against it. I'm still gonna work at the k-pop store because I know it's just better for my mental health and I'm very 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 thankful for my friends who support me and they know the struggles I have with just interviews in general, talking to new people, taking initiative to just, you know, put myself out there. Yes, I do YouTube. Yes, I do TikTok. Yes, I am making a podcast. But talking to like real people, like not to of like a device, talking, having that real social interaction, the pandemic just made it worse. But it's not that I'm scared, it's just that I'm I'm not ready to put myself out there and fall. And honestly, I think I am afraid. I am afraid of falling. I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid of disappointing my parents. I'm afraid of disappointing my family in general. I'm their first ever niece, granddaughter, kid, daughter, you know, to go to college and graduate and they just i know they're looking out for me but the whole idea of just if you're not a doctor you're not a lawyer you're not an engineer you're not something that's reputable you're nothing and i've done my time i went through four years of majoring health science and did i truly love it no was i truly passionate about it no could i do it yeah i could i graduated with a degree in public health but was i happy throughout the time no what kept me sane was the organizations that i got to be a part of the things i've learned the things that i've grown from within those organizations has taught me tenfold more than a ochem class could have ever taught me and i would say I wouldn't trade it for anything, the experience in college, but if I could, you know, change my major back then, I would. I would 100%. And yeah, it might be one of my regrets, but if I think about it, if I change things from the past, you know, I wouldn't be here today making a podcast in my mom's closet. And I don't know about you, but not a fancy setup at all. I am actually vlogging this too, but yeah, I just... I don't know. I can't present them with, hey, I'm making a podcast. Hey, I make YouTube videos. Oh, I also film TikToks. Oh, I crochet. I don't sell any of my crocheting plushies because, you know, I'm still practicing. My TikTok doesn't really go viral, but that's not the case. It's just I do it for fun. My YouTube, I'm gonna consistently post. You know, numbers don't define who I am. They're not my worth. If I get 10 views or 100 views or 1,000 views, they're not something that I should look at and match my worth next to it. And I know, literally, I know that it's hard to separate how well I'm doing with the numbers and analytics and everything. And if I was like doing great and I was like making hundreds of thousands, I can show my parents, my family that, literally, they would be like, okay, you know how to take care of yourself. You're mature enough. Okay, we'll be happy for you to do all that until I can prove it to them they're not gonna get off my asses for anything and it's not like I'm saying that like they like I don't want them around me I just don't want them breathing down my neck and asking me what are you doing next what's your plan after this why are you wasting time exploring why don't you know what you like it's you you should know you best yeah I know myself best that I, I need time to breathe and explore and understand and just find something I truly am passionate about
I am passionate about comforting other people, being there when they feel lonely. I am passionate about sharing my own experiences so people can relate to it. I am passionate about empathizing with people. Yeah, that doesn't translate to like millions of dollars, but it, if it helps one person, honestly, that's fine with me, but not to them. And I live in their household. I live with them. So of course, it's just hard to find that way, find that space to breathe. It's suffocating. I feel like I'm trapped within the major I am in. I have to find a career relating to it or it's disapproved by everyone around me, literally physically around me. But I'm thankful for the friends that I have that are literally lifesavers. I just, I don't know how this moment has been really eye-opening. I, even though I told, I mentioned earlier that I... I'm applying to grad school. I'm applying to another public health. Literally a master's in public health. Do I know if I want to continue to pursue it? Not really. Do I feel like I owe my parents to do it? Kinda. Do I feel like I'm wasting time because I'm just sitting at home editing videos, recording podcasts, filming TikToks? Do I feel like I'm wasting time? A little bit because that's their impression of me. They don't know anything about what I do. They think that I'm just sitting there literally looking at my application 24 hours a day. But honestly, it's fine. I want to be open on this podcast and just tell you everything. And I hope you all can like take something away from this podcast and feel like you're not alone. If you are a postgrad, it's okay to be freaking out. You're literally a postgrad in a pandemic. The pandemic isn't over. Let me tell y'all, it's not over. And it will be soon, but imagining me now and me nine months ago, there is such a big improvement and I'm very proud of myself for that. I would have never taken anything away from the past because it wouldn't translate to who I am today, but it was so difficult waking up every day and not knowing what I'm supposed to do with my life. Am I even supposed to exist? What's my purpose? Those questions, I don't have a definite answer currently even right now, but I'm just trying to find a way to navigate. And I wouldn't know how to navigate that nine months ago in bed, crying to my therapist. But nine months later, here I am speaking to a microphone, talking to you all about my experience and even seeking help and doing something for myself, like getting a part-time job. I hope this helps me get out of like circling the drain but I feel like I'm also putting, piling everything on so I don't have to analyze the thoughts and the lows that I have. But at the same time, I'm trying to balance me analyzing the lows with the workload. I am truly sorry that this is my first time, again, ever recording a podcast. So it's a little weird for me to be talking for this long to myself. But it's actually kind of like relaxing and therapeutic in its way that I can just rant. And this is how I would talk to my friends usually. And they would just like straight up just listen to me. Um, but yeah, I want to keep this episode a little short because since it's my first ever, I mean, recording, I don't want to like stretch or keep this podcast going for, you know, a longer extensive time. But that being said, I wanted to say that thank you so much for your support on this podcast i am very excited to continue posting every week this is going to be a weekly thing for me a weekly catch-up session a weekly topic 
thought-provoking moment. Just anything that is blue, gray, k-pop related, and what the world has. Um, I'm also gonna be entering this as a um, reminder, or not reminder, a thing to look at my podcast. So, I'm gonna have a title of my podcast, like for instance, this one will be episode one, Circling the Drain as a Postgrad, and I'm gonna put a uppercase G, B, or K. So for this podcast, I would put an uppercase G, so it's a gray moment in life, but I would say it's also sad, so I always put a lowercase B, and then for K, it's K-pop, but I just want to like have that so people know that it's either a gray moment or a blue moment or both or more of a gray, less of a blue yeah like that and i think that's kind of fun to work around also i just made an instagram page for this podcast so um follow it at blue and gray with the letter n in the middle pod underscore and then i also have my main instagram at cindy bun buns my youtube at cindy bun buns my tiktok at cindy bun buns and i just made a instagram for my crocheting plushies too so it's called army's crocheting so if you all want to you know have a custom order just dm me but yeah that's all for this first episode of blue and gray i hope you all enjoy it and thank you for listening see y'all or talk to y'all next week um rate follow five stars only (laughs) y'all just kidding but please i'll talk to y'all next week and i guess that's all Bye, y'all. Voice hug.